Benny Hunt, getting the boys over the line. We've got Reese on the line here. Fat Reese. I think you got Humey in there with you too, don't you? He's cuddling in the cold night up there in Shoulders. Adam's here. He's next to me. He's gonna get he's gonna get on Humey's hero in about five minutes. A live Humey's hero. All right. Has he had a few few liquid courage drinks to, to get him over the line to, to get on the pod finally? A few sherbets, he'll be ready to go. Beautiful. That's all right. Nothing to talk about but origin really for this podcast. Uh, that's why we're doing it. We're doing the review. Uh, Reese, you were there at the game last night. Give us a little 30-second snapshot into what it was like being in the crowd there last night. Yeah, I didn't want to go down last night. I just got I, I got made to go down, so... Yeah, sure. Yeah, it, was right. tough. it was a tough gig, mm. but mm. great game to be at. Yep. Wouldn't change it. Yep. So. Thanks for the invite. Yep, sweet. Yeah, you're invited, but you just don't like going to good events. <laughs> anyway, what was it like? It was awesome. It was, it was the number one decider that I've ever been to now. Last week, you asked the question... What's the best decider you've been to? And I had two. This one trumps both of them. All right, that's great. I'm, I'm glad I missed it. I'm glad I was watching it on my couch. But um, in all it was honest, better you weren't there. Yeah, I'm sure it was, mate. Uh, was a very good game to watch from the couch, though. Anyway, so uh, great game. Um, honestly, that's probably one of the best origins I've seen in ten years. That's not being a completely biased Queensland supporter. Um, even in at, in the first half, like. New South Wales were winning, and I still thought that was probably the best half of Origin footy I'd seen in probably ten years. So yeah, even though we were losing at halftime, I still thought it was just fantastic footy. And then the second half, both teams were just out on their feet. Obviously, a few few hero plays got made towards the end, which we'll get into. But um, is Humi does Humi want to do his Humi's hero now? Is it from last night's game? No, he wants to listen to my stats first before we get into oh, that. Right, yeah. But okay. I just thought it was one of the most. Physical games I've seen in football in a long time. Yeah, definitely. Losing three players in the first four minutes, you you don't get much tougher than that. And yeah, for um, Queensland to win with only using fifteen players, it's a great effort. Yeah, it was. Even yeah. even New South Wales, they were coming out hard and fast. And I actually went home and watched the commentary after, and they kept saying Queensland are out of their feet. But at the game, it didn't look like that at all. No, Queensland kept turning up, and they were just as physical the whole way from the start to the finish. So yeah. It was a great game. It was a great game. Origin decider for the ages. Um, plenty of blood, biff, passion, hatred, smash bodies, ripped jerseys. Game three had it all. It was obviously capped off by a remarkable redemption story, the renaissance of Ben Hunt, catching that uh, Nathan Cleary little chip kick, ran 70 metres to seal the victory and the series for the boys. Uh, Queensland have now won the last six deciders at Suncorp. The question's going around today, do New South Wales get origin? It seems to be the one that comes up every time they lose a series, that they just don't get origin. Reese, what are your thoughts? Well, when you've got so many of your players want to play for another country, you mm. probably don't get origin. Mm. So they come out halfway through the series and they want to line up for different countries in the World Cup, which is fine, but that's when you don't get origin. Yep. You don't you don't come out halfway through a series like that. You say you play for New South Wales, New South Wales, Lord and Bread, and you want to get the win, but... Yep. They're heading somewhere else. They're there for the money, I think. And Luai couldn't happen to a better bloke. Yeah. I said before the Origin one started that he's just a grub. <laughs> and true to his word, one one bloke I'd love to punch. Well, I, I've got it later on in my notes here, but seeing as you mentioned him, we'll just get to him now. Is Jerome Luai public enemy number one now for Queensland? Is he taking the mantle from Paul Gallen as the person we love to hate the most? 
Oh, 100%. Gallon looks like a saint compared to Lua. <laughs> I wouldn't say a saint. I would. He Jerome Lua is just, oh, he's a piece of work. I, I like a few players in New South Wales, and, yeah, he's just one that I can't do. Yeah. Got served a nice big piece of humble pie last night, threw a nice pass over the sideline to Talakai when the game was sort of in the balance. Um, yeah, it was so good. I love yeah. seeing that. Yeah, I'm he sure. threw about three, four, three bad passes, two went the ground, and one went over the sideline. So, yep. great. Uh, the big moments from last night's game that I've got down here. Um, obviously, three players out with concussion in the first three minutes of the game. That was just such a brutal first few minutes. It just seemed like bodies were flying left, right, and centre. No one had any self-preservation whatsoever. The fight between Burton and Gay Guy, obviously, which Tino kind of came in as a bit of a third party. Uh, it seemed like yeah, that- nearly. Nearly the game winner, that one from Gagai. <laughs> Basically. Punching Burton in the head. I mean, it just seemed like from that incident, because the game, like I said, was 12-10. New South Wales were actually in the lead, but it just seemed like that incident, it just sapped everything out in New South Wales, and it just seemed like it inspired and lifted Queensland to go to that next level. Is that what it felt like for you at the ground? Yeah, 100%. Gagai tried a few punches, and then you can see it. I don't know if you've seen it on TV, but just about every Queensland player went up to Gagai and hugged him and, Went, that was the best ever. Yeah. Should have punched him harder. <laughs> and everyone's just cheering for him on the field and off the field. Went off for 10 minutes and Queensland listed. I've I, I got to say, Matt Burton does have a face. You looks like you do want to punch. Oh, well, first first two minutes of the game, he's pulling Tino's hair and, you know, thinking he's going to throw his weight around like game two. But, yeah, Tino didn't leave him alone all night and gay guy shortened him up real quick. He did. He did. Uh, also, the big moments from the game, um, DC's bomb to Tupu just before halftime, which obviously led to Harry Grant doing that little sneaky blindside kick to set up the Cape Wall try. That was that was crucial because even though Queensland had been playing well in the first half, New South Wales were up 12-6 and it was it basically sort of helped turn the tide for Queensland, that, that try. What was, the, what was the feeling on the ground once they sort of got that late try before halftime? Did it sort of feel like it lifted the confidence of everyone in the crowd? When we got that try before halftime, it felt like Queensland were going to win the game. The yeah. crowd erupted, yeah. and it was like going to be that's it, game over. But obviously, it's still forty minutes to play, and New South Wales didn't want to come out after. So, yeah, did it? Did, it, was, did it, it? was crucial. Did it seem like it took forever? I mean, watching the game at home, it seemed like the game went for about six hours. Not that there was stoppages, just there was so much action and so many <laughs> things happening in every minute of the game. It just seemed like the game went forever. Every time I looked at the time, it was like, oh, it's only been 16 minutes. It feels like it's been going for two hours already. Yeah, the first half, definitely. Like, the crowd was up from the moment the kickoff happened, and then as soon as Corey Oates caught a second set of the game, knocked out. Yeah, Cam Murray got knocked out, and a bit of a stoppage, but then Queensland just went down again, and then Selwyn went, and then Lindsay Collins. But that little period, you look up, and it's only six minutes gone or whatever, and, yeah, you felt like you were there for an hour already. So, yeah. The crowd was in it the whole way. They rode every pass, every tackle. So. Yeah, definitely. Right. Now, they've always been the 14th man on the field, the uh, passionate Queensland home crowd. Um, the other big plays, Steve Crichton, that bad pass in his own end goal. It was sort of a period oh, where Queensland were Queensland was sort of really getting it with the kicking game. DC and Hunt were just sort of kicking on second and third tackles and just sort of pushing them back down into their own area. And Queensland were just trying to win a bit of field position at that time. And when he threw that pass, it was just, just the absolute wrong thing to do. He'd actually done well. He'd beaten like three or four defenders and was actually still making metres. And then he just somehow threw a ball that he thought was a good idea and uh, just put him under more pressure again. Benny Hunt, the big 40-20 kick in the second half. Just all these big momentum shifts just seemed to go Queensland's way. Like I said, it's 
especially in deciders, you got to make the big plays at the right times and just seemed like Queensland made more game-winning plays sort of during as this game went on. Uh, Val Holmes, that's that save off the short drop kick. I, I, I thought for sure he was out of bounds and you watch the replay, he just kept his toes in, but that was crazy. I thought he was absolute millions to keep that ball in play. Um, yeah, so that Crichton and that Crichton pass backwards and then Val saving that, that was we were sitting down that end, Caxton Street end, on yep. that side of the field. Yep. With seven rows back from the action, and it just went off in that corner. Yep. Like, as soon as Val got that ball back in, we were set then. Yep. That would have been the turning point, I reckon, if New South Wales got that ball out. Oh, absolutely. Like that, those. Because they the- held us out for a few sets in a row, and yep. we had a couple of disallowed tries. Big man Ponger. Yeah, look, that's that's the next thing, mate. Ponga, um, you know, cometh the hour, cometh the man. Kalen Ponga, like I, Joey kept saying when the game was in the balance at twelve ten early in that second half, they kept saying, "Who's the man? Who's the man that's going to break it for Queensland?" Joey kept saying, "Well, it's Ponga. Ponga. It has to be the guy that steps up. He looks dangerous. It looks like he's about to erupt and do something at some point." Um, he made that big try, made that bust. Um, I can't believe the stats from the game for Ponga. Like, he ran for 299 metres, 26 or 28 tackle busts, three line breaks, uh, four line break assists. Obviously scored that crucial try to put him up, um, and 28 runs. Like, just amazing numbers from, from Ponga from that game. Is that the best game he's ever played? Yeah, I think it is the best game Ponga's ever played. But, like, Tedesco, he does that. He's done that for every every origin. Like he yeah. last night, he ran for two hundred ninety two meters as well. Yeah. But Ponga just was in the right spot, kept turning up, and Queensland had better players on the night around yep. Ponga. Yeah, it's good that Ponga plays for Knights because he's been kept fresh all year. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, well, he, so he, 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 he misses every he misses year. every second game too because he probably doesn't want to play for the Flogs. But uh, mate, we definitely <laughs> saw you know. People want to bash him for the money that he's on, and he goes and has a game like last night, and it's like, well. That's sort of why the Knights and other people see that he's capable of games like that. Unfortunately, he's just got to do it on a more regular basis at club level. But, you know, what a talent. Like, when he can put it on like that, that's one of the best origin performances you'll ever see. Uh, Paddy Carrigan won man of the series. Now, it's his first year in origin, and last year he tore his ACL. So, what a big turnaround for Paddy Carrigan. How, how good would he be feeling this morning? Yeah, Paddy Carrigan, he's, he's gone on another level this year. Like, last year for Brisbane, he was pretty good until he did his ACL. Like, year before that, he captained the Broncos. So, like, he only played three or four games. Before, oh, might have been 14 games before he even captained the Broncos. So, he's always been a leader. Broncos have seen him for a long time as being one of their genuine leaders at the club. He's come into origin, got some good players around him, and he's just showing what he can do. Like, I think he was the only player and only forward for Queensland in game two that run more than 100 metres. Mm. Game one, he played out of his skin, and last night he tackled everything that come his way. I think he played seventy six minutes last night. So, yeah. yep. even Tommy Gilbert coming in last night, you know, like yeah. on debut, he just kept kept turning up for everyone. And he seemed to like the Biff every time there were some scuffles and that. Tommy Gilbert, he was definitely in the amongst it all. Oh, he don't mind a few elbows and that. So, yeah, yeah exactly. That's it was what, good. That's what origins. That's about. what we needed. Yeah. Then Tommy did. Yeah. Well, that was the next thing. Like. The, big, the oh, big story coming into this game was Cam Munster. I mean, Queensland went from being $2.15, $2.20 out to about three thirty, three forty uh, on the news that Cam Munster was going to be out with COVID. And uh, Tommy Dearden was going to come in and take his place, and apparently he was going to start at 5'8". Now, I'll admit, I was praying that Tommy Dearden would have a, a, a nice, solid game and he just wouldn't make any mistakes and maybe they wouldn't target him in defence too much. But, uh, mate... <laughs> that's got to be a, that's got to be a top top three debut in Origin. Like, what a fantastic game he had! Oh, he had a great game. 
like Tommy coming up Broncos last year and playing in the real tough stages of he was always turning up. His defense was always well never questioned. Um, maybe some of his direction on the field was, but he was only a young player. And this year he's got Chad Townsend up there at the Cowboys. Just showing where to do it, taking a bit of a load off him, and he can play his own game. Yep. I seen after the game last night, Billy was uh, had his press conference. He reckons he knocked on Tommy Deaton's door and told him that he was in the in the game and had a chat. And Tommy Deaton just says, "I'm ready. I won't let you down." Yep. And then Billy said, "Righto, I'm happy with him. We'll use him." Yeah. And he was he was awesome last night. He was. I mean, even his cowboy compatriot Jeremiah Nanoi. You know, had been okay in game one. He had some some good moments in game one. Um, game two, obviously, was sort of nowhere to be found. Had a few bad missed tackles, which led to some soft tries for New South Wales. Um, but the game last night, he had some unbelievable touches, some little passes around the corners uh, to find the outside backs. He was chasing after every sort of kick that they were putting sort of in his direction. Uh, his energy and effort was just amazing. And some of his passes sort of out wide to just keep the play going was, you know, 99 times out of 100 in those situations, the guys will just sort of die with the tackle. But, you know, he wasn't going to die wondering. He was going to make sure he tried and gave his outside backs as much opportunity as they could to try and march up the field. So I thought... He definitely had his best game in the Maroon jersey. And, you know, it's only his first year, his third game. He's only going to get any better. Um, yeah, well, I said I said at the start of the series, I didn't think he was origin material. I thought he was a bit lazy in defence. I see him play at Cowboys there every week. And I just thought he didn't do that effort area. And game two shows that he doesn't do the efforts where he missed a few tackles. But last night he had a couple of times there where they tried to go back through his, through his middle and he closed it. Yeah. Both times, and I thought he played really well last night. Yeah, he was fantastic. Um, first year coaching for Billy Slater, Cam Smith, Jonathan Thurston, the uh, the old trio uh, got back, got the band back together again. Um, is this the start of another dynasty for that coaching staff? Oh, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? Billy's a Billy's professional. You can yeah. tell in the press conferences how he when they well they lost game two, and he just said it was a team. They you know, didn't turn up. They played good in the first half, but they just. Got gassed in the second half. He didn't blame anyone. Well, other state, as soon as they don't win a game, they blame the rest. So. Mm. Well, that's where <laughs> we're going. more than you win. That's where we're going next. I mean, it's all fun to talk about the winners uh, of a big State of Origin series, especially an epic game like the one we saw last night. But obviously there is a losing team and a losing state, and that was New South Wales this year. Um, Freddie, after the game, and he's... Uh, post-match conference, um, whining a little bit about Burton being sinbin. He thought he shouldn't have been sinbin at all and Queensland should have probably lost two players. I'm just thinking maybe he can have a little private meeting with the refs and uh, he can get more more calls coming his way for game four in a couple of weeks. I thought you got sinbin when you threw a punch. <laughs> Burton threw the first punch. Gagai just landed his, so yeah. it's not our fault, Burton, can't fight. Yep. Uh, as I said earlier, New South Wales, they seemed really flat in the second half, mainly from, I guess, the scuffle between Burton and Gay Guy. It just seemed like Queensland sort of grew in confidence and energy, and New South Wales just seemed like they were always on the back foot, couldn't get field position. They couldn't really threaten the Queensland try line at all in the second half. Um, despite all of that, Teddy, as you mentioned before, he's just dangerous. Like, I absolutely hate it when he gets the ball. It's just I stop breathing for a few seconds until he's actually tackled on the ground. And even most of the times when he's up in the defence and they get one or two players on him, he still somehow just seems to bust and evade tacklers and get an offload or make another 10, 15 metres. He's just... I don't know what that guy does. He, he either smells really bad or he's got spiders on him, but Jesus Christ, every time he touches it, he's just dangerous and he just chews up the metres and makes all the effort plays. Um, but unfortunately, his forwards didn't have too much punch. Um, did any New South Wales forward really stand out at all at the ground? Well, as soon as Jacob Saifidi come on, he actually 
run over a couple of blokes. So yeah. he was actually pretty good when he came on. Jake Trevojevic, he was just Jake Trevojevic, just kept doing what he had to do. But yeah, yeah I was like, yo, he looked like he was just clunky. I don't know, Queensland just did what they did in game one. They just got up in their face. They didn't give them any time. Yeah. Like game two, New South Wales were far better. Yeah. They were just they were getting through, getting quick play of the balls. They were getting through everything. And, um, yeah, they just didn't get that freedom in game three. Yeah, I think uh, they got a lot more uh, crucial six again calls and stuff to get them into the game. And Queensland looked like they were getting held down a heap. But New South Wales, they, they were really good in the first half. If they go in... 12-6 up, I reckon it would be a different story, but that one lapse in concentration from Tupu, that's yep. the difference. The big sort of talking point that has been happening today has basically been the, the Penrith halves, Cleary and Luai. They sort of seem to have gone missing in, in Game 3. They weren't really relevant in Game 1, I thought, as well, um, but in Game 2, it seemed like once they got a little bit of a lead and they got a bit of a sniff, Luai and Cleary scored a few tries, and Cleary ended up getting man of the match, which I didn't think really should have been the case, but Cleary and Luai, they seem to be very much front runners, especially at club level and even at New South Wales. It seems like the games they win, they seem to get all the praise and the accolades. And then when they lose, no one wants to talk about how badly that Cleary and Luai were. And I thought they were just non-existent last night. I didn't think they impacted the game at all. I didn't think they impacted the game at all in game one as well. What is New South Wales going to be doing looking forward? Because it seems like there was a bit of turmoil sort of going up into this game with Jack White not getting picked, uh, RCG sort of getting dropped after game one, even though he didn't do anything wrong. Um, and a lot of the, the the Panthers contingent basically got brought into the team. Crichton got put into the starting spot. Matt Burton got brought into the starting spot. Appy Coruscant obviously started over Damian Cook. So uh, did it seem like Freddie just sort of gave the keys to all the Panthers boys and said, here, boys, you, you go sort of get this series for us? Definitely a Panthers uh, influence in the game. I think Queensland have just shown every other NRL team how to beat the Panthers. Mm. Shut down shut down Cleary and Luai, obviously, it's a bit harder when you don't have a full team of, uh, of superstars like Queensland yeah. do. Yeah. But you get up in Cleary's face and put a bit of pressure on him, he literally won the game, you know. Like, I don't know. I think Panthers are going to be a bit deflated after after going back this week. And they they thought they were going to win that game. I think New South Wales are $1.35 at the end to win the game. So. Mm. For the second game in a row, Talakai, I just I don't understand the selection. Having him on the bench come in in the last oh. fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, and I, I just I Made don't me know. So happy. I, well, exactly. As a Queenslander, you're happy, but I'm just like Jack Whiten, Nico Hines, like anyone else to come in off the bench and be a bit of an X factor. I just Talakai just does nothing for me in in State of Origin. I don't know what his role or his purpose is. It just seems like he took up a completely wasted roster spot. And Yeah, well, I think Talakai's had one good game this year. Mm. And I think you were at it. Yeah. The when Manly the Sharks played Manly, like, yeah. he played unreal. But when you have one good game, that's not good enough. No. Like, Jack White to miss out on Origin. He got COVID and they dropped him for a third game. You're kidding. Yep. He absolutely killed us in the first game. Gave Dan Gagai a bar. They didn't even pick him. I just can't, I can't work it out at all. Like, he's a way better player. He can fill in and lock, second row, center, halves. But would they have been better? Would they have been better putting Jack White in? Oh, 100%. Even if he's a bench player. Would they have been better putting Nico Hines in? Well, my other selection for New South Wales would have been Addo Carr. I was happy when they didn't pick him. Yep. He's not the best player in the world, but he brings something out. He's electric. If he gets a bit of space, he's going to go. When Daniel Tupu's running, I'm like, oh, he's going to tackle this giraffe. Yeah. Anyone can get him. Yeah. Addo Carr, he's slippery and gets those little scoots out of hooker. Yeah. But Cleveland didn't have anything to worry about when Tupu's running the ball back. He just runs no. India. 
Even Brian Toe, I didn't even. I, I was he even at the ground last night. Did he do play? Yeah, well, they just kept him quiet. I think he got whacked in the first half. Uh, I think Papa might have got him, and he didn't do too much after that. No, no, they were sort of it. And like you said, it's that's probably the blueprint to beating Penrith. I mean, honestly, it's probably the blueprint in any game of football. If you get up there and get physical and in their face and want to bash them in the first five ten minutes, it sends a bit of intimidation to the other team, and it sort of puts them on the back heels. And it's sort of like, oh, I don't want to run it. You run it, or you know, maybe we've got to get a bit deeper and maybe run a bit flatter or it just sort of takes them a little bit out of their comfort zone. So I think that's the, the secret to really any game of footy, but Queensland definitely you know, brought the bash mentality in those opening minutes and it sort of helped them as the game went along. Freddie, two losses in the last three years. Will he be back as coach? Oh, they asked him that question today in the press conference or last mm. night mm. and didn't want to answer it. And no. Nah. I don't think he'll be back. He yeah. doesn't take losses really well, just like Joey Johns, but... Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where they go to from here. It's going to be a pretty, pretty brave man to put their hand up after seeing uh, what Billy and Cam and Thurston did. Well, that's just it. Do yeah. they do they even have any other former great players or anyone like that? That's going. To, I mean, is is Gal going to come and coach them? I mean, who who's been there in like the last five, ten years in New South Wales colours that you'd say would be a good a good coach for him going forward? I mean, is it is it an Andrew Johns? Is it a Danny Badiris? Is it going to be someone like that that comes on board because? I mean, you even have a look at the guys who are actual coaches. They've all been sacked in recent years. I, I think Brad Arthur's almost got one foot out the door. Um, Michael Maguire got dumped. Uh, Craig Bellamy tried it a few times, and he couldn't do it against all these, his former goats that he had at Melbourne Storm. He's just like, bugger it, I coach these guys every week. I can't beat them. Who is there for New South Wales going forward for coaching? Well, I guess next next person in line is Andrew Jones, I guess, if he wants it. But mm. I heard he wanted to do it once before, and Gus told him he's an idiot, so... <laughs> Probably because Gus right. wants to be involved, but it looks like well, Gus is Gus is the one that's luring Fittler over towards the dogs, isn't he? I think Fittler will probably take that dog's coaching gig if that is actually a real thing. Benny's just taken one of the Tigers, so yeah, it seems like those new, well, that new age of players players coming through that are getting a bit older, they're going to start taking over. I think probably Billy will do the Queensland job maybe once or twice more, and then take the Melbourne job. So no. I reckon, I reckon they're in for the hall, those boys. I can see them probably coaching them for at least another five, six, seven years. The last thing I've got from my notes here, mid-game interviews. Now, I know they tried this in all three games. Oh, I hate them. Uh, I hate them. Obviously, you wouldn't have seen it because you were actually at the game last night, but Billy actually snubbed them when they went to him in the first half because um, there was a bit happening at the time. Um, he just didn't even respond. Um, yeah, it's stupid. It's awkward, isn't it? Doesn't It seems like the coaches, both Freddie and... Billy, they didn't even want to talk to him. Like they didn't, they didn't have anything constructive to say. They're just like, yeah, yeah, we're just trying to get through this period. Like it was like it, it was just a complete waste of time. Like surely they've got to scrap that going forward next year. Yeah, I don't think they can do that. It's too much of a pressure cook situation. They can't just keep answering questions on the fly about the game and what they're thinking. They just want to freaking get the game done and get out of there. They don't want to talk to the media. They'll talk to them after they talk to the game before. Mm. Talk after. <laughs> they don't need to be talking during. I didn't even really like the players getting interviewed at half time when they're walking off the field. Yeah. Yeah, they, like, can, they, can, they, can, they can barely talk. Like, they're, they're yeah. out of breath. They've just been running around for 40 minutes and uh, they can barely string three words together because they're out of breath. It's all right when the team's winning and they talk to them like you're on a bit of a high, but if you're getting belted, why do you want to talk to the media at half time? <laughs> <laughs> the only person I'd probably like to hear during the game would probably be Craig Bellamy because he'd probably just go absolutely off and. 
he'd probably be getting fined every time, Paul Craig, because uh, he probably can't keep his emotions in check, especially during the game. So he's probably the only one I'd actually like to have a microphone on during the game. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever allow it. <laughs> I don't think he would. He'd probably just say fuck off and throw the uh, throw the microphone away. <laughs> um, but yeah, great origin to be at. And yeah, no, thanks for the invite. I'll, no, probably, good. I'll yeah. probably be going again next year. Yeah, no, sweet. I'll get that invite probably, what, the day after the game as well? Yeah. Yeah, it's in the mail. You should have checked your box. Yeah, awesome. Now, how's Humey going? Has he has he had enough um, little courage drinks? Is he does he want to come and give us his his Humey hero for the week? He's ready to go. He's ready to go. This is the debut of Adam Robert Hume on the NRL 720 podcast. Humey, how are you? Hey, James, how are you? I'm very good, mate. How many how many sherbets have you had tonight? Oh, no, mate, just been down for a steak down to the the fed. Had a port and a couple of beers. A port. What's with all yeah. you boys drinking like the warm drinks these days? Well, you seen the weather? It's, um, <laughs> it's a little chilly. Five, five going on minus ten in Childers. Yeah, it's a little chilly. A little chilly. All right, mate. Who's your Who's your hero? I'm assuming it's someone from last night. And I'm assuming it's going to be someone that wore a maroon jumper. Yep, you'd be correct. Um, who else? Benny Hunt. Benny, the saviour. Beautiful. He is the saviour, mate. I don't know. I breathed a sigh of relief when he uh, took the interception last night. Mm-hmm. Made me feel um, a lot, lot easier. It's pretty yeah. nervous leading up to that point. Did you look like blues were coming home? Was there a little tear in the eye? Was it a little emotional? Some goosebumps, like Benny Hunt, big, big redemption story. Yeah, no, it was pretty good. Stepped up, played hooker, played a lot of minutes, thirty-seven tackles for a player that wouldn't normally make many tackles at club level. Hide on the wing during defence, but it was a great story. I mean. There's probably no player who's actually succumbed to, you know, a bigger disappointment than what happened to him. Obviously, dropping the, the kickoff in the 2015 yeah, grand the, final against the, the Cowboys. And then seven the, years later, he's probably, it was definitely a knock on, mate. And then, you know, going from, you know, that's probably the worst moment anyone's probably experienced in like a big cr- pressure cooker game like that in a grand final. And seven years later, he probably makes probably the greatest feeling you can have, like running 70 metres in the last minute of the game to wrap yeah. up a game and the series. Like it's, he's experienced the absolute highest of highs and the lowest of lows, old Benny Hunt. Ran 70 metres with the whole state on his back. Yeah, exactly right, mate. I, I definitely, as soon as he got that ball and he was in open space and it was only Isaiah Yao behind him, mate, I was, I was, I was <laughs> up on my couch, mate. I was jumping up and down. I was, I was you know, riding him home like he was 200 out at Randwick, mate. He, was, uh, he definitely had me going. So, Benny Hunt, Humey Heroes, his first ever one live, his hero for the week and for Queensland. <laughs> All right, Reese. I guess we've got to get through uh, round 18 games before we close up the podcast this week. Um, am I still, what am I, two ahead, four ahead, eight ahead, 15 ahead? Well, what's the tally? We haven't done it for a few You're weeks. three down at the moment. You, you didn't put your tips in the last three weeks. I've, I've stormed ahead. You got the away teams. Mate. You wouldn't even know what you've tipped. You've been buried under like 16 tons of snow rolling down the hill for the last couple of weeks. You've been on holidays. Yeah, I did you? my tips every Sunday the last few weeks. So you, pro- you probably haven't watched a game of footy in the last few weeks. Oh, I get the footy in, doesn't matter where I am, mate. Yeah, sure. Anyway, um, Friday night we return to action, 6 p.m. up there in Townsville, Country Queensland Stadium. The Cowboys in second place hosting the fourth place Cronulla Sharks. I'm assuming Cowboys for this one. I've got the Sharks winning. How are you winning the top tipping comp if you're tipping the Sharks, honestly? Well, about 7.30 on Friday night, you'll work out why I'm winning it because I've picked 
tipping with my head. All right. Not well, my heart. All right. Well, I'm going Cowboys. 755. Well, hey, 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 just before you move on, well, well, Jeremiah anyway. Nenai, Jordan McLean, Murray Talunga, Tom Deedon, Valentine Holmes. All their State of Origin players aren't backing up this week. They're oh, back up. What's wrong with them? They're out. What's wrong with them? Not playing. They're getting the week off. Yeah, yeah we've got, got the second spot. They think they're going to roll the Sharks. I can't see. I think the Sharks hit in the middle of form at the moment. I think Matt Moyle is probably the best footy he's played in ages. So. Well, if they're all out, I then, know. yeah, I guess the Sharks will win. I didn't know they weren't all backing up. I haven't seen any of the I don't team get to see. Yet, so. I don't get to be at this game this week. I'm away, so. Oh, and Telecom, oh, actually, Telecom's backing up. I might go to the Cowboys. <laughs> Seven fifty-five, Combank Stadium, Parramatta in sixth place, hosting the thirteenth place New Zealand Warriors. Do the Warriors get back-to-back wins, or are the Eels actually going to like show that they want to play footy for once? Not sure what teams are turning out this week, but I'm going to tip the Eels anyway. All right, beautiful. I'll do the same. Tenth place Roosters at three p.m. on Saturday, hosting the ninth place Dragons. Last time these teams played, it was Anzac Day. Dragons got the chocolates on that day. Uh, they're $3.10 outsiders. Do the Dragons get them again? I think the Dragons are going to win again. Mm, three. They're fine a bit of form. Ben Hunt, he's on fire. Oh. Roosters are still missing a few players. and mm. They've named Lindsay Collins, but he can't play after he got knocked out this week. So. No. He knocked one of his teeth um, out too, by the looks of the photos from last night. <laughs> I think that's how his teeth always look. <laughs> he, he needs a visit to the general nine dancers. Uh, I'll back the red mighty red V there. Macca will be happy with that one. Five thirty. Five thirty at Four Pines Park on Saturday. Eighth place Manly Seagulls hosting the twelfth place mighty Newcastle Knights. Yeah, yeah. Toss the coin on this one. Who's going to win? Well, if my other theory works. Um, Pong actually turns up this week. They might be a chance, but I think Manly going to be too good again. Mm. Sadly, I've, I'll agree with you on that one. Well, uh, actually, we're yeah. going to go the Knights. You're going to go the Knights. You think they're going to turn it yeah. around? Yeah. Big Dick Lee and Dominic Young, they've been too good for me lately. So, And Milf? If Ponga ter- if, yeah, Ponga and Milf turn it on, they're a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, no, I will tip the Knights. Uh, Jeez, you are right? 7.35 on Saturday. Queensland Derby. Gold Coast Titans in 15th place hosting the Brisbane Broncos. Now, I guess the Broncos team's going to be dependent on who backs up or not. I'll go the sneaky upset and say the Titans win this regardless, Reese. <laughs> Are you going to say that? You won't give credit where credit's due. <laughs> Up the Titans. Yeah. Well, I'm going the Broncos. Yeah, hard to hear. 2 p.m. on Sunday, the 16th place West Tigers hosting the Penrith Panthers. Um Pray for the West Tigers because I'm assuming seeing as three-quarters of the Panthers team plays for New South Wales, they're going to be licking their wounds and they're going to be out to uh, prove a bit of a point on Sunday. Um, so well, apparently none of them are backing up. None of them? And they are playing a New South Wales Cup team, so I understand why they're putting their New South Wales Cup team against them. Yeah. I'd probably still back the Panthers. Yeah, I will be too. <laughs> 4 p.m. at Amy Park in Melbourne. The Storm hosting the Raiders. This will be a bit of an interesting game. The Raiders have kind of picked form since uh, Magic Round. Um, they've kind of turned their season around. Guys are starting to click. How do you think they'll go up against the Storm? I was going to say it'd be a danger game for the Storm, but I can't see them losing three in a row. Well, everyone, everyone, said that, every, every, over. everyone said they couldn't see them losing two in a row, and then they did. Yeah, I know, but Cam Munster's back this week. They've actually got their spine for the first time in a long time. So they got Cam Cam Munster, Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes, and Pappy all back playing. So yeah. I can't see him losing this game. I think it'll actually be a score against the Raiders. Yeah, 
No, I agree. Storm to win that one. And 6.15. We've got three games on Sunday. There you go. Yeah, uh, two, three, three. The Bulldogs in 14th place hosting the 7th place Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs obviously need the win to try and stay in the 8th. They're going to be in that log jam with a lot of teams to to final out the season to see if they can actually make the finals. Um, the Bulldogs, I mean, they're probably one or two losses away from their season being definitely over. Do they get up or do the Rabbitohs get the chocolates on this one? Rabbitohs win. Latrell will get charged with a dangerous contact charge missed next two weeks. Would Latrell have made a difference last night? Any team Latrell's in is dangerous, but he just can't keep his head. Mm. He would have he would have made a difference. He him there instead of Stephen Crichton in the defenders, that's a difference right there. Yeah. Now I agree with you there, Reese. Um, that's and- a strange feeling. <laughs> All right. Another week with two podcasts. Reese, your first one back for a month. Humey's first one ever. Momentous podcast. Hope you boys uh, cuddle each other and keep each other warm there. Humey doesn't have too many ports. Yeah, great podcast and uh, sad that another year of Origin's over, but... That's it. Finals are coming. See you later.